Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson from the Order for Evening Prayer from the Book of Common Prayer 1928. These reflections are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd Reformed Episcopal Church in Tyler, Texas. Today is Monday of the 20th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 30. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go, and sell all that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Questions are an important part of life. At their best, they demonstrate a vivacious curiosity and engagement with life. My twin brother Danny from an early age demonstrated a tenacious curiosity about things that is not abated as he and I approach the sixty-year mark. As a teacher, you realize the questions search out the heart. What does the student understand and what is he thinking? Jesus was a master at asking deep, probing questions that must have stunned the hearts of those he questioned. In today's lesson from Matthew 19, it's the rich young ruler who asked the question. He rightly begins with this most important question, What good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? This is a great and profound question, and a wonderful place to start, even though his motive may have been to justify himself. Jesus, the wise master, doesn't tell the rich young ruler everything at once, but probes his heart instead. Being the master, his answer surprises some of us. We expect him to give our pious answer. Believe in me, and you will have eternal life. His answer, however, is twofold. The second part of the answer shocks some of us, 
because the implication is that we must indeed do something to inherit eternal life, and are not merely passive spectators. Jesus says, If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. But hidden before this second part of the answer, Jesus wisely plants the seed of directing the rich young ruler toward answering the question of who Jesus is, implying that since he is good and God alone is good, then he, Jesus, must be God. But he doesn't press the point here, instead merely planting the rich seed of faith. The rich young ruler must have been very pleased to hear Jesus' answer that you must keep the commandments to inherit eternal life, because he could honestly say that he had kept these commandments, or at least the ones Jesus mentions, or at least the letter of the law of these commandments. Jesus, however, doesn't let the rich young ruler off the hook, but instead peers more deeply into his heart. If the rich young ruler were playing the game, who wants to be a millionaire, he might have made it up to the one million dollar question. But there's just one more thing, the final question and answer. In his first answer, Jesus listed all of the last six of the Ten Commandments, the ones that deal with loving your neighbor as yourself, but look again, he has left one out. The young man, perhaps he was quite earnest, says, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? It takes either guts or foolhardiness to ask such a question. He could have rested on his obedience to the other commandments, but either through a kind of humility or an incredible pride, he wants to go further. And Jesus, of course, willingly takes him further to the truth. At this point, Jesus has already perceived what is lacking in the rich young ruler, and in an indirect way he comes back to the missing commandment, the one he had left out earlier, Thou shalt not covet. By asking the rich young ruler to sell what he had and give it to the poor, Jesus smashes the final idol of mammon, which takes the various forms of greed and covetousness. Although seemingly perfect in other ways, the rich young ruler walks away still rich materially, but spiritually bankrupt. All of the illusions the young man had of his own perfection have been shattered, and he's left to shuffle off sorrowfully, still clinging to the ball and chain of his great possessions. Like the rich young ruler, Jesus won't let you sell for the easy and incomplete answer, because easy and incomplete answers to the most important question one can ask are dangerous to your mortal soul. Let's look at the meaning of Jesus for each of you. What this story doesn't mean is that everyone must sell everything and give it to the poor. Jesus never commanded us to do that. What it also doesn't mean is that therefore the story must be merely figurative. We might try our turn in asking questions and ask, did Jesus really mean for the rich young ruler to sell all he had? Because if he didn't, then he likely won't ask us to do anything so difficult either. La la la. But to ask such a question is to be deceived by the satanic kind of question that twists the God says into Did God really say? What the story might mean for you is that you should sell some of what you have and give it to the poor. It is, after all, hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Just a few verses later, Jesus says, Assuredly I say to you, that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. What pointed words, especially after the rich young man has just walked away sadly from Jesus. And we all are rich, comparatively. Maybe some of us are called to be St. Francis of Assisi or St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who gave up their earthly wealth for a life of spiritual wealth. The story might mean, be willing to sell if God asks you. Of course, it's very unlikely that God would ask you directly, isn't it? And we wouldn't even know unless we were seriously willing to entertain the possibility that God was calling us to just this. But what the story must mean is that we must not just be willing to sell all, but actually sell all we have to obtain eternal life. Isn't this the meaning of the pearl of great price in the parable of the buried treasure? 
This selling of all we have is not literal, just as the cutting off of our hands and eyes to enter the kingdom is not literal, but it is real nonetheless. Whatever stands between you and God, don't just be willing to get rid of it. Do it. This was the attitude and action of the original disciples. Just a few verses after the story of the rich young ruler in verse 27, Peter says, See, we have left all and followed you. This is the cost of discipleship, to forsake all for the sake of Jesus. Jesus asks us to forsake mother and father if necessary. He asks you to give up all earthly riches if necessary. He asks you to offer up your entire self to God as a living sacrifice because this is necessary. There are many things in the way of God for some of you. Maybe it is money, in which case, if God is telling you that money is a problem, go and read this passage again and see what God is calling you to do. He just may be asking you to lighten the burden of your great riches, which many of us would be shown to have if we weren't always comparing ourselves to those who are even richer. Maybe it's your possessions. Does the sheer bulk of your possessions and caring for them crowd out time and room and energy for God? Maybe it's the comforts of this life. This is one of the greatest riches of living in America, having a comfortable life that doesn't demand much of us. But are you too comfortable to follow Jesus? Are you too comfortable to take up a cross as he did, to give up all and follow him? Maybe what Jesus is asking you to give up is the leisure time that you want to have for yourself. If your attitude is that you're off duty as a servant of the Lord, once you exit the halls of the church, then maybe you should re-examine your priorities. On the other hand, it might be the various demands of your lifestyle that Jesus is asking you to give up. If, for example, you're giving your child everything, such as a good college prep education, athletics, music lessons, and many social events, is crowding out eating family meals together and family devotions, time at church, or a life where there are moments of prayer, silence, and meditation, then maybe your Lord is asking you to give at least one of these up for him. Whatever stands in the way of you and God, and each of you probably has some idea of at least one of the things that threatens your relationship with God, whatever it is, sell it. Get rid of it for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the sake of his kingdom, and for the sake of your own eternal soul. When the Master asks you to do something for him today, don't walk away sadly, unwilling to give up that which keeps you from him. Instead, obey with cheer and joy, knowing that your Master is both good and desires to bless you. Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a presentation of Always With Christ Radio, radio in the Anglican way.